present Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in Paul Temple and the Spencer Affair, a radio serial by Francis Durbridge. Episode 5, A Surprise for Pete Roberts. I've taken you at your word and helped myself to the largest whiskey in so... Temple, what is it? What's happened? I've been all over the flat, Sir Graham. Charlie isn't here, and there's no sign of Steve. But we've only been out of the flat for ten minutes. Yes, I know. Do you think they heard the explosion and went down to the garage? I suppose that is possible, but surely we'd have... Just a minute. What are you staring at? Look at this piece of wire by the radiator. That wasn't there before. By Timothy. What is it? This place is wired. There's a small microphone behind the radiator. Somebody must have been listening to every word. But where does it lead to? Where does the wire go? Wait a minute. It looks to me as if it goes through Paul? the... Oh, here's Steve. Well, you found it, Paul. Darling, where on earth have you been? You've frightened us out of our lives. Oh, sorry, darling. Were you terribly worried? Of course we were. I told you not to leave the flat. Yes, I know, but after you'd gone, I was thinking, and I, I just couldn't understand how that man on the phone knew what to say. About Charlie fishing, I mean. And so I started to search the flat. I thought there might be a microphone somewhere. Well, it seemed the only possible explanation. And you found this? Yes. Uh -huh. I pulled the wire out, and then I called Charlie, and we found that the wire leads through the French windows into the flat below. And so we went down to explore. Who lives there? It's empty. The new people are moving in at the end of the week. Uh, do you know who they are? No, but it's my bet they've nothing to do with this. Charlie says the people have been coming and going the whole week. You know, electricians and decorators. Yes, but someone must have been in here as well. Otherwise, they couldn't have fitted the microphone. Mm, someone's been in here, all right. What do you mean? This thing must have been fitted while we were at the Stardust Club, the night Charlie was knocked out in the gramophone smash. Yes, of course. I ought to have thought of that. <laughs> you seem to have done pretty well, Steve. Yes, but please <laughs> never give us a fright like that again. Oh, no, I won't. I promise. Well, um, I'll get on to Vosper straight away. He can check yes, out... Mr. Graham? The... Yes? You poured yourself a very large whiskey and soda. If you don't drink it, I shall. <laughs> Timothy. What's amusing you? Well, listen to this. The car, which was slightly damaged, belonged to Mr. Paul Temple. Slightly okay. damaged. It was blown to smithereens. What are you going to do about a car, Paul? Oh, I've hired one for the time being. I see. Oh, by the way, Steve, I, I may be going away for two or three days. Where? Well, I want to take a look at that place I was telling you about, Salix Island. Mm -hmm. If I just go down for the day, it's going to look pretty obvious. On the other hand, if I take two or three days holiday and go fishing... Listen, Mr. T., if you're going on any fishing expedition, I'm going with no, you. Now, look, Steve, the best thing for you to do is... Yes, what is it, Charlie? Inspector Vosper, sir. Oh, come in, Vosper. Oh, thank you. Good morning, Mrs. Temple. Good morning, Inspector. Would you like a cup of coffee? Well, I... Uh, Black or white? Uh, white, please. Oh, sit down, Inspector. <sighs> I understand you had quite a night last night. Well, I've had worse, but not much worse. Well, I've checked on the flat below. Yes. The uh, new tenants are Sir Charles and Lady Belford. Belford? He's, uh, he's a retired diplomat. Mm. Oh, there's nothing there. I'm quite sure they knew nothing about the microphone. Mm, I quite agree. Uh, someone uh, obviously planted the thing the night Charlie was knocked out. And they've been slipping into the flat downstairs and listening for an hour or two every night. Yes, that's what I think, Foster. Coffee? Oh, uh, thank you, Mrs. Temple. Help yourself to sugar. Thanks. So Graham tells me you've solved the Judy Milton mystery. Well, thanks to you, Temple. Mm. Uh, what uh, gave you the idea? Something Charlie said about the fridge automatically switching itself on and off. It suddenly made me think that there might be a concealed revolver with a time switch. Yes, there was. We found it in a cupboard underneath the stairs. The time switch was put into action 
A few seconds after you pressed the doorbell. So the shot we heard wasn't the one that killed Judy Milton? No, Mrs. Temple. This thing went off under the stairs. Your husband broke into the cottage and found Judy Milton dead with the revolver in her hand. Naturally, you both thought the shot you heard had killed her. Which was precisely what we were intended to think. Yes. yes. The murderer was probably miles away by the time the revolver went off. This Mr. Spencer seems to think of everything. Well, he thinks of a great deal, unfortunately. <laughs> what about the passport? Ah, yes. Why did you uh, want to know about Mary Drysler's passport? Oh, it was just a thought. Had she one? Oh, yes, she'd got one, all right. She'd, uh, she'd been abroad about 15 times in the last two or three years. Oh, but Jeez. surely that's rather a lot. I mean, the, the travel allowed. Oh, I believe she often went to meet her father. Where? Oh, in Paris, Vienna, Rome, all over the place. Ah. What about the date I mentioned? Uh, yes, yes, I'm coming to that. October the 22nd. Well? She was in Paris on the morning of the 22nd and flew back to London the same day. Thank you, Vosper. Is that what you wanted? <laughs> That's what I wanted. Oh. Well, now the other point. The uh, place Clutch Brompton mentioned. Salix Island. Yes, I've been on to the Maidenhead Oh, people. but I particularly asked Sir Graham not... It's all right. Inspector Webber at Maidenhead is a very good friend of mine, don't worry. My inquiries were quite off the record. He won't say a word. Well, I hope not, Inspector. Salix Island is a plot of land in a deserted stretch of the Thames, about two miles from Henley and about a mile from Belton's Lock. How big is it? Oh, five or six acres. There's a bungalow on the island built just before the war. The whole place was sold privately about three years ago. Who was it sold to? Well, that's it. There seems to be a bit of a mystery about it. A chap called Benser bought the place, but so far as I can gather, very few people have ever seen him. Doesn't he ever go down there? Not in the summer. I understand from Webb that he's been down there once or twice in the winter, which uh, seems rather curious. But who looks after the bungalow? A caretaker chap. I've just been checking on him. Well? He's got a police record. A pretty bad one, too. Larceny, robbery with violence. Mm. Spencer. Benser. Not a lot of difference. No. That's what I thought. Well, uh, thank you for the coffee, Mrs. Temple. I'd better be making a move. Oh, thank you for the information. Not at all. Oh, I uh, think I know what's at the back of your mind, Temple. I should be very careful if I were you. Are you sure you've got everything, Paul? Mm, I think so. Fishing tackle, suitcase, binoculars, money. Mm. Yes. Yes, I'm ready, darling. You can take the case down to the car, Charlie. Yes, Mr. Temple. Oh, what if there are any messages, sir? Where can I, can I get in touch with you? No, you can't. I'll ring you, Charlie. Probably sometime tonight. Okie dokie. Oh, there's the phone. Shall I take it? Uh, no. You go down to the car, Steve. I'll join you. Well, don't be long. It's all right, Charlie. I can carry that one. Oh, it's all right, Mr. Temple. Hello? Uh, is that Paul Temple? Yes. Oh, this is Adrian Frost. Oh, good afternoon, Frost. Temple, I've just been reading about what happened last night. Uh, last night? Yes, the explosion. Oh, yes, the explosion. Well, it must have happened soon after you left the Ritz. Yes, it did. Is that why you telephoned? Well, I, I was so horrified when I read about it, I felt I must ring to... I, I hope Mrs. Temple's all right. Yes, she's fine. Fortunately, she wasn't with me when it happened. Oh, oh well, that's a good thing. Yes. I, uh, I understand you saw Rupert Dreisler last night. Yes, I did. As a matter of fact, I saw him too. He probably told you. I believe he did mention it. He, um, uh, he gave me the brooch back. 
you know the one I gave to Mary? Yes, so he told me. Oh. Well, I just thought I'd make sure that you and Mrs. Temple were all right. Well, it was very kind of you. Not at all. Uh, goodbye. goodbye. Oh, um, by the way. Uh, uh, yes? The first time we met at Beaconsfield, when I asked you about the brooch... Oh, I'm afraid I was very rude. I, I've regretted it ever since. Oh, no, that's all right. If I remember rightly, you said, I gave Mary the brooch for a particular reason. I suggest you find out the reason, Mr. Temple. Yes. Well, I think I have found the reason. Oh? Yes. I suggest you gave it to her because you were under a misapprehension. What do you mean, a misapprehension? Goodbye, Frost. Thank you for ringing. How long are we going to stay in Henley for? Oh, two or three days. Four, if necessary. Have you booked a room? Mm-hmm, I phoned this morning. Oh, we're not staying at the hotel. We're staying at a small pub by the river. Oh? Why? Well, I've stayed there before. It's good, and I don't think we should be quite so conspicuous. Is it far from Salix Island? About a mile, I think. Well, Paul, ought to turn to the left by the hospital? Yes, but we're going to the Stardust Club first. I, I want to have a word with Terry Gibson. You think she'll be there this time of day? Hmm, I imagine so. She's got an office there. Anyway, we'll see. What do you want to see her about? About Pete Roberts and his meeting with Dreisen. I want to know who was telling the truth. Well, if you want my opinion, I think Pete Roberts was. I think Dreisler did ask him to go to Putney and make the record. Oh, Dreisler admits that. He simply says that he didn't ask him to sing the song My Heart and Harry. Hmm. Well... I've got a funny sort of uh, feeling uh, about Mr. Dreisler. <laughs> Here we go again. No, no, no. I, I'm serious, yes, I'm darling. I'm sure you are. <laughs> you can laugh, but if it hadn't been for my intuition... Yes, I know, Steve. I Probably in her office. Oh, where is that? Oh, you, you see that door on the balcony? Yes. Well, you go through there and there's another door marked private. That's it. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. I don't like it. It's far too drastic and it's unnecessary. Besides, even if we get rid of Pete, it doesn't mean to say that... <clears throat> what is it? What you want? <laughs> oh, come in, Mr. Temple. I'll ring you back. Oh, forgive me for intruding, Miss Gibson. I, I didn't realize that this no, was... No, 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 Come in, come in. I thought this was your secretary's office. Otherwise, I'll... Oh, that's I... all right. <laughs> I was just giving my head waiter a piece of my mind. Not that it'll make the slightest difference. <laughs> Don't open a nightclub unless you adore having staff No, trouble. I have troubles of my own at the moment, thank you. <laughs> uh, Miss Gibson, I saw Pete Roberts last night and he told me about his interview with Rupert Dreisler. Yes. I understand you saw Pete immediately after the interview. Yes, I did. I went to his table just after Dreisler left. Do sit down. Uh, no, 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 I won't keep you. Pete Roberts told me that Dreisler asked him to make a special recording so that he could take it to America. Yes, that's true. He said that Dreisler insisted on him singing a song called My Heart and Harry. 
Well? Well? Is that true? Yes, I believe it is. You believe it is? Well, I can't be absolutely certain. I've only got Pete's word for it, the same as you. But Pete did tell you he that... He told me that Dreisler wanted him to make a record. A record of the song you've just mentioned. I see. <laughs> well, thank you, Miss Gibson. That's all I want to know. I'm... I'm sorry to have been such a nuisance. Mr. Temple. Mm hmm May I ask why you're so interested in this song, My Heart and Harry? <laughs> would you like to know why? Yes, I would. Would you really like to know? Of course I would. Because I'm always interested in red herrings, Miss Gibson. Very quiet. Hmm? Oh, am I? Well, you've hardly said a word since you left Teddy Gibson. Just tearing through the wind street. Sorry, darling. Paul, has this case beaten you? No, Steve, no. You are puzzled, aren't you? Well, uh, just a little bit. You know, while you were in the Stardust Club talking to Terry Gibson, I started thinking. Did you? Yes, I did. I made a mental note of all the suspects in this case. They're a pretty curious bunch. Now, take Rupert Dreisler, Mary's father. International impresario. Well? Well, apart from Hamlet in modern dress, if you ask me to name one other show he's presented, either here or on Broadway, I couldn't do it. Hmm. And then Adrian Frost. He's a playwright. At least he says he is. I've never seen one of his plays. Peter Wallace. Well, he's just the world's bore. <laughs> well, he is, isn't he? I mean, all that telephone... The curious thing is, you know, that all these people have one thing in common. Paul, where on earth are you going? You, you should have turned left here. This isn't the way to end it. No, I know. I've just remembered. I've got another call to make. Where are we going now? To Stepney, to see Pete Roberts. There's something I've got to tell him. But it's in the opposite direction. Why not telephone him? No, I don't want to do that. Why not? Well, what I want to say to him isn't quite the sort of thing you'd say on the telephone. Closed. Didn't you see the notice on the yes, door? Yes, I saw it. Is Pete Roberts in? Yes, he's upstairs. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't recognize you, Mr. Temple. No, it's all right. Put some more lights on, George. Can't see a blooming thing in here. You say Pete's in his room? Well, he was half an hour ago, but he's in and out all the time these days, like a blinking jack-in-the-box. Shall I give him a shot? No, no, no. I'll go upstairs and see him. Oh, um, is, is there a phone upstairs? No, there's only the box in the corridor. Uh, through that door on the right. Oh, good. All right. Uh, I want to make a phone call. Uh, don't let Pete go out without my seeing him. Okay. If he comes down, I'll tell him you're here. Thanks. Scotland Yard. Put me through to Inspector Vosper, please. Extension 1500. Who is it speaking? Paul Temple. Thank you, sir. Hello? Hello, Vosper. This is Temple. Oh, hello. I thought you were out of town. We're on our way, Vosper. But listen, something's happened. Something important. What is it? There are two things I want you to do. One is a little unorthodox, but I'm afraid I'll have to ask you to do it. Don't worry. If it's going to help us, we'll do it. Well... Get the Regent Telephone Exchange and ask them to check on all calls on Region 5011. That's the Stardust Club. 
I want a list of all incoming and outgoing calls since 10 o'clock this morning. Since 10 a.m.? Yeah. All right, I'll see to that, but, well, it'll be a bit tricky with an automatic exchange. The other thing is this. I think we're going to hear from Spencer again. Spencer? Hmm. Unless I'm mistaken, there's going to be another murder. Are you sure, Temple? I'm pretty sure. I know who they're after, and I want you to play safe and pick up the person concerned. It doesn't matter what the charge is. Yes, but Temple, we can't just arrest someone because you say so. Now listen, this is what I want you to do. Can't a chap have a ruddy shave without... Oh, it's you. Well, what do you want? I want to see you, Pete. Can I come in? I suppose so. Ah. You'll have to sit on the bed while I go on shaving. Oh, that's all right. You carry on. Won't take me a couple of minutes to say what I've got to say. <laughs> do you usually shave in the afternoon? I don't usually shave at all if I can help it. <laughs> what is it you want? Pete, you remember the last time we met? Uh-huh. We talked about Terry Gibson and Rupert Dreisler. Yes. You said that Dreisler wanted you to sing a song, My Heart and Harry. Well, I told you I sang the ruddy thing. Do you know why I was interested in that song? I haven't a clue. I was interested in it because I believe, and Scotland Yard believe, that the man who murdered Mary Dreisler sent her a gramophone record. A record of, presumably, My Heart and Harry. What do you mean, presumably? Well, the label said My Heart and Harry, but since we didn't have a chance of playing it, we don't actually know what was on the record. So what? What's this all got to do with me? Look. I didn't send Mary Dreisler the record, if that's what you're thinking. No, that's not what I'm thinking. The man who sent the record called himself Spencer. It's my belief he murdered Mary Dreisler and Judy Milton. It's also my belief that he's going to murder you. Uh, are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Why the blazes should he murder me? I was hoping you'd be able to tell me. But I don't even know anything about this chap, Spencer, except what I've read in the papers. Look... What put this crazy idea into your head? What makes you think he's after me? Something I overheard. Anyway, I thought you ought to know about it, so watch your step. Just a minute. What do you mean, something you overheard? Something you overheard? Where? I overheard part of a telephone conversation. I'm not prepared to tell you where I overheard it or who was speaking, but your name was mentioned. But why pick on me? Why should this chap Spencer want to do me? I don't know, Pete, but don't underrate him. And remember what I said. Watch your step. At last. I thought you were never coming. Oh, I'm sorry to be in so long, dear. Oh, you've unpacked. My dear Paul, it's nearly half past seven. You went out at five o'clock. Yes, I know. It won't be long, dear. Just popping into the village <laughs> for half an hour. Well, I was looking for someone. It took me longer than I thought. Who are you looking for? A man I know. He runs a boat-building firm. I wanted to hire a boat, and I didn't want to go to the obvious people. Oh, I see. Did you get one? Mm-hmm. He's fixed me up all right. I've told him we'll pick it up later. Tonight? Yes. Come on, we'd better go down and have some dinner. I've got some news for you. Oh, what? Who do you think had lunch here today? I don't know. Who? Mr. Dreisler. Dreisler? Mm-hmm. You sure? How do you know? I saw him. When? Where did you see him? Well... While I was unpacking, I, uh, 
suddenly noticed I wasn't wearing my sapphire ring, and I flew into a panic and dashed downstairs and telephoned Charlie. And the ring, as usual, was in the bathroom. As usual, yes. Well, go on. Anyway, when I came out of the phone box, I saw Rupert Dreisler. He was standing alone near the reception desk, and although he didn't take any notice of me, I was sure that he had seen me, so I made a point of going up to him. It is Mr. Dreisler, isn't it? Why, hello, Mrs. Temple. How nice to see you again. Uh, are you staying down here? Yes, we've just arrived. My husband wanted to get away from town for two or three days. Ah, yes, I see. What are you doing here? Oh, uh, I had an appointment in handy this morning, and I dropped in here for lunch. <laughs> if that is the correct phrase, dropped in here. Yes, yes, that's the correct phrase. You must have had a very good lunch at yes. nearly five o'clock. <laughs> I had coffee in the lounge and fell asleep. You know, when you're my age, that sort of thing that happens to you... It happens to you at any age. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, if you'll excuse me, my car is waiting. Of course. Oh, uh, Mrs. Temple. Yes? I hope this doesn't mean that your husband is ill or anything. Oh, no. No, he's not ill. You see, I asked him to make certain investigations for me, and he said that he would. Yes, I know. Oh, but perhaps I'm asking for many questions. Uh, did your husband come down here because... Uh, because? Because he discovered something, uh, something which necessitated a visit to henley on Thames? Well, if he has, he hasn't told me anything about it. But then, of course, he doesn't tell me everything. Goodbye, Mr. Dreisler. Goodbye, Mrs. Temple. I hope we shall meet again. I hope so. Perhaps you and your husband would have dinner with me one evening. When you return to town. I watched him go outside, and a few minutes later, he drove away. Was there anyone else in the car? Just a chauffeur. Did you recognize the chauffeur? No. I'd never seen him before. Hmm. All right, Steve, let's go down and have some dinner. I think so. I've got a terrific appetite. Oh, well, by the way, I suppose you didn't ask Charlie if there were any messages. Yes, I did, but there's nothing important. Oh, good. Um, oh, yes, um, Peter Wallace telephoned. Oh? Then, of course, he's always telephoning. Well, what time was this? Just after we left. He told Charlie that his flat had been broken into or something like that. And when Charlie said we were out, he said he'd ring back later. He seems an extraordinary young man. Can't imagine what Mary Dreisler saw in him. There's something you've overlooked, darling. We never knew Mary Dreisler. It's a wonderfully clear night, Paul. Just look at that moon. Uh, a little too clear for my liking. There we are. That's Salix Island. What a strange-looking place look very inviting, does it? In spite of the moonlight. Certainly doesn't. Well, I, I can't see the bungalow. That's not surprising. You can't see anything. The place is an absolute wilderness. Why, Timothy, Steve, what a hideout. You could stay here for weeks and no one would be any the wiser. What are you going to do, Paul, now we are here? We'll go right round the island and take a good look at it. And then what? And then we'll take another good look. But, darling, I did tell you to stay at home, didn't I? Oh, that's a great help. You still can't see the bungalow. It must be somewhere behind those trees. What are you doing? I'm switching the motor off. We're going in. What do you mean, going in? I'm going to land and take a look round. I shan't be long. Oh, do you think that's wise? It'll be all right, darling. Don't worry. There we are. 
Now, pass me that rope. Yeah. I want to tie it to that tree if I can. There, that's it. Oh, this water looks awfully deep. Yes, I think it is just round here. Now, listen, Steve. I'm going up to the bungalow. I want you to stay in the boat. Oh, listen. That's coming from the bungalow. Well, if there's a dog, there's probably someone there. Have you got the torch? Yes. I'll be back in five or ten minutes. You all right? Yes, I'm fine. Take care. I shan't be long. I promise you, darling. All right. What do you mean, you, you saw something? I saw something in the water. A, a body, a, a man's body in, in the reeds there. Steve, are you sure? Yes, I'm quite sure. Well, where did you see it? Just, just down there, near that dinghy. Well, hold this torch. Is this the spot? Yes, about there. Well, you can't see anything. Well, I'm sure I Wait saw it. Switch the torch on. You were right, Steve. It's Peter Wallace. That was episode five of Paul Temple and the Spencer Affair with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. Detective Inspector Vosper was played by Hugh Manning Terry Gibson by Isabel Dean, and Pete Roberts by Thomas Hethcutt. Production for the BBC was by Martin C. Webster.